Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to Ransom Notes. Frank McKay here. Much more importantly, the author of Ransom Notes. Full title there. Everyone should get this book. Ransom Notes, Moments of Reflection, Courage, Engagement, Worship, and Humor. And I hope I have it right. Catherine Ann Ransom is uh, is who is the author of that. And, of course, we, we call her Catherine Ransom. Whatever you call her, Catherine Ann Ransom or, or Catherine Ransom, she will answer. She's wonderful. She's the subject of a documentary. She is the subject of a long radio series. Of course, now the show host of Ransom Notes, and it's wonderful if you could just binge listen to, to everything. I'm sure you'd be very, very happy. And uh, in addition to that, uh, the visual Ransom Notes are, are fascinating. She's lovely, and she always has nice visuals along with it. Frank McKay here with Catherine Ransom. Catherine, how are you? Well, it's a beautiful day here. It's uh, warmer than we probably really enjoy, but it's certainly not nearly as warm as some spots in our in our world right now. Some of those spots are both temperature and other spots, I think, of uh, uh, where the military is trying to help get some of our Americans and people out. It's crazy, and yes. those are truly hot spots in our world. And so... I'm glad that I'm in an air-conditioned room and that I'm talking to a friend. It's a great day. Well, yeah, I, I agree with you, and, and and thank you for that. And yes, uh, we uh, we pray for uh, for our uh, fellow Americans that are overseas, and hopefully they get out safely, and that the the folks there uh, remain as safe as possible. But that's a subject for a whole other day. But our prayers are with the folks in Afghanistan trying to get home. Uh, you've uh, you've been busy writing. Uh, you always seem to be busy writing, and, and you've come up with some wonderful, wonderful thoughts in your latest ransom notes, uh, the email that goes out. Uh, anything you want to share with us? Well, I probably could. But the, you know, did you ever have a cat? Yeah, I, I had five cats until oh, recently, boy. and we lost we lost two. But uh, uh, you know, they were they were uh, old, and they had a nice life. But we uh, yeah, we still have three cats, and then we feed some feral cats. Uh, so we're we're cat people and dog well, people. We, ha- we 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 we've had cats over our togetherness for years, and our cat had to be put to sleep shortly before we came to Concordia, but. I picked up this little book and it's called Cat Wisdom. Now, I don't know that uh, they're that smart, but I thought we might just share a teeny bit. (laughs) But I'm going to ask you a question first. Yes. Apparently, there is one domesticated animal that is not mentioned in the Bible. Now, I don't know if you'd like to guess, but due to the fact that I've led into this, you might guess what the answer was. A, a domesticated uh, animal that's not mentioned uh, uh, a, a cat maybe right that's right wow now i i don't know what all are considered domesticated animals because i don't know there might be a domesticated pigeon or there might be <laughs> but certainly birds are mentioned in the right. the bible so i'm i'm guessing when they make that statement they're talking about 
broad categories, but we certainly know that a lion is mentioned in the, the Bible, and yes. that would be of the of the generic. But anyway, it's a crazy statement, and it fact, and it and it doesn't make a bit of difference. But I have a couple of other statements about cats that I'll share. There's a ridiculous idea, apparently, that dogs are superior to cats. Now, in my in my vision, I think cats are brighter, but that's okay, because they say cats can't be trained. Well, now think about it. Would a cat ever jump into a lake to bring back a silly stick? <laughs> Never. Never. No, that's right. And neither would you. So it seems to me that the cat is more wise than the puppy. Yes. Number two, I have someone else's famous statement is I have studied many philosophers and many cats. And in that person's opinion, the wisdom of cats is infinitely superior to that of you and me. Wow. Now, I don't know about that. But maybe they choose better friends. Maybe they know how to get rid of mice, and I'm not so good at it. Whatever. <laughs> and then I close with Mark Twain. And I suspect you remember Mark Twain oh, yeah. when you were. You know, I sort of thought you might. Because you're, you're more than two years old. <laughs> of, all, of all God's creatures, there is only one that cannot be made a slave to a leash. That one is the cat. Wow. Now think about that. Isn't that interesting? I have never really thought about that. But you can put a pig on a leash. You could put a goose on a leash. You certainly put dogs on leashes. But I don't know. Is that really the only animal that you couldn't put on a leash? I saw a skunk on a leash. And, oh, uh, really? Yeah, skunk. It was descended, of course, and it was very sweet, and he did tricks, or she did tricks. I think it was a she. And somebody, oh yeah, in, in Florida, somebody, uh, when I was younger, had a skunk on a leash, but I've never seen a cat on a leash. Think of that. And I don't think you could put a cat on a leash. I, I, no. I, I'm just not sure that there is. But when they add the word domesticated, I suppose that limits, you know, certainly you, you wouldn't put a wild wolf on a, on the leash. But maybe if you had tamed it, it probably you could because it's sort of in the more doggy family. A husky. A husky. Oh, kind well. of a, so, uh, so enough for the enough for the feline family today. Yes. Uh, do you remember that one time I wrote a recipe about a recipe that I cooked and we put the story in my in my book, Ransom Notes. Do you remember what that vegetable was that it we was wrote about? Green bean stems. Yeah. Have you ever cooked or made green bean, cream of green bean stem soup? No, never. And I don't think I would recommend it, but if the audience would like to know what I have to say about that, they can go check out a book, Ransom Notes, and look on page 37 and They'd find my recipe, and then they could laugh, and they probably would not repeat the recipe, but it was edible. Well, anyway, Sunday night, I tried a new recipe, and it is now my cream of tomato soup recipe. Uh, my housemate for Sunday had made a wonderful tomato sauce that she put over the meatloaf that we were going to nibble on. And she made about twice as much as we needed. 
which was great, but we needed to not let it spoil because it was too tasty. So I suggested, why don't I make some soup? Now, I don't know if you've ever made soup out of some tomato sauce. And, it, you know, it's not an impossible thing. No. But I didn't have a recipe, so I had to create one. And I love just taking whatever I can find. So I made a white sauce. And I just throw in a little bit of this and a little bit of flour and a little bit of butter. And I don't measure it. And I stir it around. And I splash in some milk that we had left in a glass. And that was from a gallon of milk, but with just a little bit left. And I used that up. And then I threw in some chopped onions while the butter was melting to sort of give this sauce uh, a little bit of, of flavor and uh, I put in some pepper and since I'm on a limited salt diet I threw in some dash to give it some seasoning and then I thought you know this really needs a little more spice mm. because you know we didn't want to take away from the meatloaf so it was it was a calm sauce. I don't know that you describe sauces as calm, but I'll use that word. Right. So I found, a, oh, a quarter inch of a, a chunky salsa in the refrigerator that we'd had left from some Mexican food. And I thought, oh, I wonder how that would be in the soup. So I emptied the last of that in and threw the jar away. And uh, I put some red pepper in just because it was getting old in the refrigerator. So it was a good way to use it up. And I mixed and stored and stirred and uh, let it sort of stew as you, it's good for soups. And then I put my special secret ingredient. I love green peas. I also like green beans, but I love green peas. I would put them in almost not everything. They wouldn't be good in, well, it probably in a, in, a, in a chocolate pie. I probably wouldn't no, want them in there. No, definitely not. But in a soup. So I found the bag of green peas in the freezer and threw a handful of those in at near the end. And then I thought, you know, I remember my mom putting a little sugar in tomato kind of things. And my dad always put sugar on top of his fresh tomatoes. I thought, you know, I bet you a little sugar in here wouldn't hurt. So I splashed a little sugar in there and uh, it was stewing while my housemate was taking a nap and when she woke up i served it with some delicious uh garlic cheese croutons so i now have taken unusual items and put them together and i think we enjoyed it a lot more than the greens cream of green moon stem <laughs> soup it really wasn't too bad at all but I had to stop and think, you know, think of all the people in the world and then stop and think, we all have different talents and some of us are getting older. And so maybe it's like the onion that was getting a little wilted yeah. or maybe it's that I had a singing talent, but it's getting down in the bottle, so to speak, of like the salsa almost, well, you're still on key, but you don't have the same range of notes that you had. Or maybe you're not as able to do certain things because some of your muscles are now too tight or too old or you're too plump. And I thought, you know, God can still use crazy things just like I use crazy things in the soup. And I thought of a couple of illustrations. Mm. Now, think about 
if you were trying to put together your team of leaders for your three years on earth and you go call a Jewish tax collector and in those days the tax collector had about as good a reputation as a slave driver might be or uh, a, a robber or whatever they weren't the highest envied people and what does he do he goes and he gets one day picks out Matthew the tax collector and then Matthew has a party at his house and while he's at that house Jesus makes a wonderful statement when somebody said why in the world would you make as a part of your team a tax collector and he said those who are well do not need a physician but those who are sinners or sick do and he took that guy that didn't have a good reputation and he became one of a special group of 12. Wow. And then we have the audacity to think God can't use us because of some of these crazy things about us that we're too old, or too young, too smart, too tall, too short, whatever that might be. And I was reminded of one other scripture in Jeremiah. If you get to doubting what you think you can do read what he had to say God says to Jeremiah I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you and plans to give you hope and plans to give you a future and I think Frank we could substitute my name or your name or any one of our listeners names in that address in that speech and that God knows the plan he has for you or me or for our on-air friends he has plans for us to prosper and he has plans to give us hope and a future isn't that a comforting thought wow without question I I just I'm I'm always blown away by the acorn you take with the soup that you made, which sounds delicious, by the way, and, and you turn it into a, an oak tree within within minutes. But you're, you're absolutely right. That no matter what we think of ourselves, God has a plan. God has a use for us. And, you know, who are we to think that we're useless or that we're, we're not useful, let's say, and you know right matthew matthew was uh you know the bottom of the barrel as far as many people considered and, and including some of the uh, the other apostles uh you know they were like well, what is this guy doing here what is this man you know and and people around jesus friends of jesus probably looked and said why would you bring this this tax collector here we can't stand this man or whatever and uh, just a wonderful a wonderful line from our our lord to uh, to say that to uh, to say you know it's it's he who is not and I'm paraphrasing of course he he who is not well who needs the physician and uh, what a what a wonderful wonderful uh, <laughs> example you give and, and and I was just listening as you're as you're making 
those you're making that soup and you're taking the salsa or you're taking the to, to give it a little bit of a, uh, a spice well if you're out there and you're listening and you feel like well what use do i have i'm just a boring old man or i'm just a boring old old woman well guess what there's uh, there's utilizations the lord has a plan for you and don't write yourself off because god has not written you if you're on this earth he has not written you off and the, the lord is not and for you to uh, to know better than the lord uh, is, uh, is is just very egocentric. Uh, trust me, if you're listening, if you're breathing, you have a use on this earth, and it's just a matter of, of accepting it and, and helping and, and stepping forward and and making your talents, regardless of whether they're they're brand new or they're fresh. Uh, Catherine, wonderful, wonderful uh, story and example and. Uh, page 23, you say, right? The STEM. Uh, uh, 37. Page 37. 37. Sorry, 37. No, that's okay. W- way to go. I was, I was thinking of trying to think of some people that, you know, might not normally think, oh, I have particularly a, uh, a talent or a skill, uh, especially because I'm older or, or whatever. It, it could be of any age. And I was thinking, you know, pretend that or think about someone who maybe their favorite music genre is country music. And you think, how in the world can I use my great love and knowledge and experience? Mine isn't, but I'm just using it as an example. And what could I do? And I thought, you know, what if you knew a shut-in, that that was their favorite kind of music, and you took a couple of your records or tapes or CDs or however you have it recorded, and you went by the house, and together you shared 10 minutes or 15 or 20 minutes of music together and cheered that person up. Or maybe there's a kid who's just learning to play the guitar, and you're in an area of the country where country music is uh, celebrated. You might be the very person to help them get sort of a handle on how to make those chords work and how to begin to see a, a model of what uh, a, a genre of music that they might enjoy. Or let's pretend that your real skill is gardening and you can make tomatoes the size of cantaloupes mm-hmm. and you know how to keep spring beans from getting mildewy in the garden. What could you do? Well, there's a lot of shut-ins. There's a lot of people who have not much money. There's a lot of people who really, if you got the eyeballs open, really need a little help with food. And so you grow it and you share it and they rejoice. And while you're sharing it, you share the Lord along with it. Or you teach a kid how to make tomatoes grow the size of cantaloupes instead of the size of marbles. And then I thought, what if you were a history buff? Because, you know, there are some guys, especially guys, but I think there's women also that enjoy history. And you think, no, I couldn't use history, couldn't use history as a way to serve the Lord. But maybe you really study some of the religious history of the Jews as they were back in in, in the early days before the coming of Christ. And you, you share some of those history stories that... I'm not good at looking up what what the soldiers were really like during Goliath, the time of Goliath and David, and and you 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 start helping kids at Sunday school, and you don't just tell the story, you enrich it, 
by giving the background of the environment at the time. You're a history buff and you'd use your knowledge and love of history to enthrall a group of listeners, young or old, into wanting to dig deeper into God's word. So I don't care what your talent is or your interest. I think that the Lord has a plan for you, a plan for you to prosper, and a plan to give you hope and a future. But I have some statements by crazy seniors. <laughs> and sometimes we make some, some crazy statements. This one I like. Just once, because I think this one all the time, just once, I want a username and a password prompt to say, close enough. <laughs> Do you ever get to the place where you just... You, you, did this one have a dot? Did it have a capital letter? It, you know, why yeah. do you complain? It's sort of near. Just tell me it's okay. Right. Uh, do, be and like spell check. Be like spell check with me. Right? I mean, it, if, if I got yeah. that close, then it's probably not somebody who, who's trying to steal my identity. That's right. That's right. And, you know, that's a good analogy. I think we need to talk to the people who give those crazy passwords that they should put it on spell check and I think and, and give me three options and then I can sort of remember that. Okay. Number two, being an adult is the dumbest thing I've ever done. I don't know. Do you agree or disagree with that? I'm not sure. Yeah, well, I, I, I like being an adult, but I get the point. I get the point, and I don't. I I, I think I I think they mean that uh, when I gave up my childhood, uh, I gave up a lot of my fun and freedom. How about that? I think that's what they meant. Well, you, there's so much more responsibility dumped on you when right. you suddenly are an adult. You're expected to know lots of things, but on the other hand, in in adulthood, I have a lot of privileges that I did not have when I was a kiddo. Um, I get to use my brain and make some of my own decisions. And that wasn't as true when you're young. You know, I mean, you have your parents, and rightly so, yep. uh, sort of dictate some of the things. You know, are you going to go outside to play? Or are you staying inside? Are you going to eat your, your carrots? Or are you going to just eat chocolate cake? And, you know, and really important decisions like that, they sort of <laughs> semi-make for you. And, you know, I get to make all of those. I often make the wrong decision and eat the chocolate cake instead of the carrots. But, uh, you know, that's good. Okay, number three. Yeah. You'll relate to this one. Maybe. I know I do. I'm a multitasker. I can listen, ignore, and forget all at the same time. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, yes, I, I, I can relate with that one. <laughs> Number four. Yeah. I, I went to an antique show, and people were bidding on me. <laughs> That's You're terrific. You're too young. You're too young for that. No, I, I'm, here, I'm getting to the point. Here, my might qualify me for that. I'll give you, I got two more. Yeah. I won't say I'm worn out, but I don't get dare get near the curb on trash day. Oh, no. That's terrible. And, and here, and, it's and funny, but it's terrible. When I look out, when I look out our window here where we stay now, on 
on Monday, the gigantic uh, trash receptacle is out there, the, the recycling yes. container, which is huge. And I can see it right down there. And so I try to get away from the window because I don't want them to, you know, think, oh, oops, there's another piece that needs to be thrown <laughs> into the recycling. <laughs> but maybe if they'd recycle me, I could come back as a youth again. <laughs> That's so funny. That's that's terrible. That's terrible. But that's that's very. I know funny. it is sort of it, it is sort of terrible. You're right. Okay, my last one. Um, all right, this one I think about a lot. Yeah. Losing weight doesn't seem to be working for me, so now I'm going to concentrate on getting taller. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck on that one. I know. I probably will have just about as much luck getting taller as yeah. getting. I know. We we seniors can come up with sort of really interesting funny. things. I love those. I, I being on a little more of a serious note. Yes. So th this the past two or three days, I've really been thinking about the topic of friendship and friends, and uh, maybe that's part also of getting older. What they really mean to me. Um, I was reading an old email. Uh, to, sometimes I need to go through my emails and clean out some, you know, that have been there for six months or whatever, and I'm not good at deleting. And I was reading one, and uh, this one about shocked me. I had been so long ago since I'd read it, and I'd forgotten it. She was remembering me in 1958 when I was a first-year teacher at a local school, Iowa School, and she was a student. And she commented that she could remember me being bright-eyed and black-haired and uh, a little bit funny as I went up and down the halls of Iowa School. And she was so complimentary. And I thought, you know, isn't that nice to have a friend? And she said, you know, we need to get together and have a cup of coffee. And I was glad I reread it because I now have put it on my do list that I need to call her. And then another great friendship thing happened um, yesterday. Uh, three years ago, I was up helping at Lincoln Christian University on their first day of school for people who were freshmen. They were checking in the new freshmen. And I was volunteering to sort of help around the campus in different spots where they just needed some extra help. And I was the doorkeeper where people came to uh, pay their bills or, or, or line up with credit, whatever they needed to get the year going. And as I'm standing there, the Swedish, uh, sweetest uh, lady and daughter walked up and they were obviously very organized but very focused and they were I was sort of helping them be comfortable as they waited their turn to go in and we talked a bit and I realized suddenly that uh, she was a missionary or the family was a missionary in um, Cambodia wow. and in Phong pen. I, I don't know that I'm pronouncing it correct. Anyway, they were the Leathermans, and she had brought her daughter back to Lincoln, Illinois, to enroll her in Lincoln Christian College. And somehow our spirits just sort of connected, and I tried to make them comfortable and 
got them started and doing whatever they needed to do. And over the years, we communicated a bit online and I've helped the mission out a bit financially and that's been good. And I got a, an email not long ago that they were going to be enrolling now three years later, their second oldest child, and he was going to be a freshman at Lincoln. And she said, was there any way that we could meet for a cup of coffee? So I drove up yesterday afternoon, 30 miles up to Lincoln, as they were on their way to their next stop. And we had the most delightful afternoon. And I made four more new friends in that family because I met her husband and their three youngest children who had the biggest, brightest eyes that you'd ever see. Those kids had smiles. They were so polite, so quick. They had a parent. He is a certified nurse and works in a, the church religious hospital. Wow. And uh, he's actually in charge of things. And uh, Jennifer, the mother, uh, is a ESL, English second language teacher, as well as the homeschool teacher for three children now. She at one time was for five. And that's, um, it keeps you pretty busy when yeah. you're, have even three kids that you're doing but it was just so much fun and i thought as a christian you can meet someone one time and you immediately make connections it's like meeting a cousin or an aunt you're part of the family the part of the family of god and you don't have to have known them for a long time. You immediately have a whole group of ancestors to which you're related. You have a whole set of family stories, just as you do if you met an aunt for the first time in your biological family. Mm. Wow. I felt comfortable sharing with Mr. with Chad that day, yesterday and asking him questions and finding out about the challenges in the hospital there as they uh, work basically with religious patients because th that's who they check in and what they do and how short they are at times. And then it was fun to tease the kids. And then I thought, you know, I also had just communicated with a missionary friend in British Columbia and not long ago, her husband died, but when I was in college in 1955 in Springfield, Missouri, she and her husband were the minister of the family where I, of the church where I went while I was in school in Springfield, Missouri. And we'd re kept that, that relationship going all these years, and they moved to Canada as missionaries a long time ago, and Don died a few years, a year or so ago. And so I sort of renewed a little friendship, knowing that she might be a little bit lonely. And it's amazing what stories and how suddenly you just got another new friend. Wow. And that is the joy of being a part of God's family. He cares for us wherever we are. And he loves us. And even if you're the lone ranger in a new community, you know that as soon as you can find some Christian friends or whatever your religion is, some, some, some kinds of friends from the church, 
You won't be as lonely. You'll have a companion. Have you ever experienced that, Frank? Absolutely. And the one thing that that stands out to me as you are telling the story is there's a vetting process for so many different things. If you're going for a job, they vet you. They they Google you and they search you and they, you know, try to find, you know, something that that could ha- give them cause or pause to uh, to start questioning you, and uh, and they vet you. You know, they uh, when you when you are are uh, renting an apartment to someone, you might vet them. And you might turn around and say, you know what, let me check on their credit. Let me check on this. Let me check on that. When you're a Christian and you meet another Christian, in many ways, the vetting process is there for you already. And you're right. These these people are okay. If they're Christians and they're living as Christians, then uh, they've, they've gone through. Uh, much of of the process that you would normally go are these people kind are they caring are they selfless are they are they people that that are worthy to spend time with and if they're missionaries i mean let, let's face it i i've never met a missionary in my life who wasn't a wonderful wonderful person and i've met a lot and i've uh, i i've uh, you know sometimes i've even i'll even say that they've taught me life-changing things just folks that that are missionaries that i just bumped into somewhere along the line they're always wonderful wonderful people if you think about what they're doing so i mean there's a vetting process that that society goes through when you're a christian and you meet another christian uh, you could you could be assured of one thing uh, they're probably a pretty solid person, and their family, if they're they're raising them. And again, that's I'm not being prejudicial against other folks. They might say that about, you know, a Muslim might say that uh, about a Muslim or or whatever. But all I know is Christianity. You know, I mean, I know others. I know, I know folks that are, are uh, that are very proud and wonderful uh, members of the Jewish faith, and and Muslims that are wonderful. But in my mind. When I meet someone who's who's a Christian, it's almost like I've known them my whole life. That's right. That's right. Exactly right. And and you know, and sometimes we we need to remember that some of those missionaries really need to have a a a moment of of, of, of uh, friendship because as they are working like in Cambodia, you know, and they've been there many years, so they have lots of friends. But it must be fun for them to come back and make some contact with people of the same culture. Even though they love being in the culture, it has nothing to do with them not loving where they are. But it must be sort of heartwarming to come back and and be able to slip into a little bit of, of a groove in a sense. Oh, I sort of know how to respond to a, an American. I know how to respond to a Christian. And just relax just a little bit and, and be able to share some of their stories. Um, it's sort of like, must be somewhat sort of like recharging your battery. Yeah. No doubt about it. Uh, it's wonderful. What, what a wonderful uh, experience. Uh, and, and it's like finding gold. It's like finding treasure, finding a new friend like that. We've had a wonderful visit today, Frank. I'm so glad you called. Yeah, well, I am too. And you, you promised me you would, you would end 
with a joke, and uh, and uh, I think you forgot, right? And you started telling oh, me, no. but I didn't hear the whole thing. Do you now have, listen, yeah. it's, it's a pretty it's a pretty bad joke. Okay, <laughs> I, I doubt, was, I doubt that. I this yeah. priest he he had been out on a fishing day, all fishing all day long, and he had caught zero. So he went into a fish market and he picked up three fish and he handed them to the store manager and he said, before you wrap these, would you throw each one to me individually so I can tell my congregation I caught three fish today? <laughs> that is funny. I told you it was pretty bad. No, that's, uh, that's good. That's a, I know. Listen, that's, I a, know. that's a good one. And uh, listen, you you can't tell a bad joke. You could either, because it's it's going to make you smile, even though it's a uh, it, it, you know if if it's a little corny, as long as it's not mean, right? I mean, we don't like mean jokes. Something that makes fun. No, of no, I'm not going to tell a mean joke. No, I'm never going to tell a mean joke in my life. I mean, that is just that's uh, that's uh, that, that's uncalled for. We don't need that. But that is wonderful. You are wonderful, and uh, again. Catherine, thank you very much for sharing. Have a good day. And to all of you, we know you have a lot of options. Thank you very much for tuning in each and every week to Ransom Notes. You've been listening to the host of Ransom Notes and binge listen to everything that we've been doing here. And once you're done with that, you can go back to the radio series that started it all and, uh, and the book, really, that started it all is Ransom Notes, Moments of Reflection, Courage, Engagement, Worship, and Humor. And it is written by Catherine Ransom, and she is wonderful. She's the subject of a documentary. And uh, again, we found a home for the documentary. We're going to point you there, and we're going to send it out to you and, and all of that. And Frank McKay signing off. We'll see all of you next time on Ransom Notes. <laughs>